Hi, I'm Scotty. Some of my favorite memories from college involve Baylor football. Many of these memories are highlighted by the banter that came along with the territory. You know, the discussions with my friends before, during, and after the game. We would argue about the important things in life. You know, like whether Ryan Reed would ever be a strong cornerback, or if Corey Coleman could be a breakout receiver. And for the record, I was right on both of those guys, even if I was 100% wrong about Chris Johnson being the next RG3. But it's the banter amongst friends that makes sports fun, and that's exactly what I want to bring to you. Welcome to the Please Bear With Me podcast. And we are go. Welcome to the inaugural Please Bear With Me podcast. I'm Scotty Swingler. Thank you so much for listening. Let me quickly introduce myself to you and let you know what this podcast is all about. I'm a proud Baylor Bear. I graduated from Baylor in 2015, and I didn't miss a single football game as a student. In fact, it's a consistency in my life. August through January, I live and breathe Baylor football. And part of what's fun about football, to me, is the discussions around the game. I live for those conversations. I love debating things like how many games we can win, who the best players are, and what the team should do in this or that scenario. It's the banter that makes sports so fun to me, and that's exactly what this Please Bear With Me podcast is about. So, in order to make this podcast worth listening to, I want to make this about you. I want you to be involved in these conversations. I want your thoughts and ideas thrown into the fold. My vision for this podcast involves three things on a weekly basis. First, I'm going to try my damnedest to bring on a guest each week that you want to hear from. I want to bring on folks who have strong opinions, uh, guys who know Baylor football, and who you want to know a little bit better. And so today I am stoked to have the iconic voice of the Baylor Bears, John Morris, on the show. He and I had an excellent conversation about his life as a broadcaster, kind of how he got into the gig, uh, the, the upcoming season for Baylor, the new coaching staff, all sorts of stuff. You're going to love hearing his insight. The second thing I want to do on a weekly basis is give you some strong opinions to digest. I'll riff about anything and everything Baylor football. Individual players or coaches, the scheme, the previous or upcoming games. I just want to give you one side of the banter. And that leads me to the third thing I would love for this podcast to do weekly, and that's let you respond. Uh, Banter is only fun when it goes both ways. So I want to encourage you uh, to engage and interact with what I'm throwing out. There's a few ways you can do this. And if you stick around at the end of the episode, I'll let you know how you can be a part of upcoming Please Bear With Me conversations. So that, my friends, is a brief introduction to the Please Bear With Me podcast. Uh, Let's jump into it, shall we? Please bear with me. 
this podcast I'm doing would be nothing without some help I'm getting from a few friends. I want to take a moment really quickly and thank two of those dudes for their help with getting this thing off the ground. First of all, that sweet logo that you see associated with the show was created by Sean Scoobel over at Scoobel Designs. Sean is an independent graphic design artist who lives in Rockdale, which is a little over an hour outside of Waco. If you or your small business need a high-quality logo or design for a shirt, a business card, or anything else, give Sean a holler. He would love to work with your ideas and bring them to life at a decent price. You can find him and his work on Instagram at Designs. that's S-K-U-B-A-L Designs, all one word. Message him through that Instagram account to inquire about an order. And if you mention that you heard about Scoobal Designs on the Please Bear With Me podcast, he will give you a 10% discount on your first design. That's a great deal. Make sure to check out my friend Sean over at Scoobal Designs. I also want to give a special thanks to my cousin, Travis Thompson. Travis is a Houston musician. He's a Houston native, and he's created all of the music that you'll hear during the podcast. Now, Travis is a proud Aggie. So I'm particularly grateful that he was willing to craft a tune using a melody that you Baylor fans are all familiar with. Travis has produced a couple of great songs under the artist name TRVS, and he will soon be working in an EDM duo called The Iron Kids. You'll hear more of Travis's music as the show goes on, but you can also find his music on YouTube or SoundCloud. Search all caps TRVS. S and be on a lookout for the Iron Kids in the future. All right, let's get into some talk about football. Today we're going to do a quick preview of the 2017 Baylor Bears, and then we will jump into my conversation with John Morris. First, let's talk about team expectations for this season, and then some expectations for individual players. I had a guy come up to me a few weeks ago and tell me that there's no way that Baylor is bowl eligible this season. I'm here to tell you that's baloney. Um, It's outrageous to think that Baylor can't and won't be in a bowl game this year. After making a bowl game after the turmoil that we all saw last season, combined with the fact uh, that I have immense confidence in Matt Rule and company, I am overwhelmingly sure that Baylor will make a bowl game this year. So with that being said... Here is the official please bear with me prediction for this Baylor team season. I would put the over under for this team right at seven wins this year. There are six games that I see Baylor absolutely winning without a doubt this season. First of all, the three non-conference games I think are a gimme. Duke could be a little tricky, but I think it's a gimme. I think Kansas is a gimme. I think Iowa State is a gimme. And I think Texas Tech is a for sure win. Now, I know that Tech can prove to be tricky uh, with the game being played in Arlington and so forth, but I definitely see that as a win. So I think that's six that I'm just going to give to Baylor right off the bat. And then I think we get an upset, uh, at least one in another game. And I'm going to say probably Texas or West Virginia at home. I think Texas with a first-year head coach coming to our place, I think that's a really good shot for us to make a statement victory. And I also think that um, West Virginia is going to be really darn good this year. But again, 
the long travel, getting to Waco, and it, we really have, um, before last season, a significant advantage at McLean Stadium that I expect to return this year. So I think we upset Texas or West Virginia, and that puts us at seven wins. And so with a bowl game victory, which I'll go ahead and call since I obviously have no idea who will play, I'm going to say Baylor goes 8-5 and five, uh, this coming season with a bowl game win. And I think, I think six wins would be okay. You know, I think we'd all, if we're being honest, be really happy with six wins. But to me, I think that is uh, the minimum. I think anything less would be unacceptable. And I imagine that Coach Rule probably feels the same way. But if we can get to 9 or 10 wins, which I think would be quite a bit over kind of how I'm feeling, I think Coach Rule deserves Coach of the Year right out of the bat. If you can come out of what Baylor went through last season and the struggles they had on the field last year and win 10 games, that's Coach of the Year stuff. And I'm not talking Big 12. I'm talking National Coach of the Year. So – I, really, it's that simple. I don't see how your expectations for Baylor as a team could be any different. Seven wins, to me, is the over-under. Um, six or eight, I could see it happening as well. Anything outside of that seems a little outrageous. Uh, the other question a lot of us are asking is about the quarterback position. Here's my take. You've got two guys. You've got three guys that I think are absolutely crazy talented, and I actually think that Charlie Brewer will end up being a better quarterback than both Anu Solomon and Zach Smith. I'll talk about that on another episode. But for now, you've got Anu Solomon and Zach Smith fighting it out to be the starter. And the way I see it, you got to go with the experience. you got to go with the experience. And I know that a lot of Baylor fans are high on Zach Smith. I know a lot of you expect Zach Smith to be the starting quarterback, and it would not surprise me nor discourage me in the least if Zach Smith trots out there with the first-team offense on day one. But I think it's got to be Anu Solomon. I think he is the only one who's played in big games. Uh, Zach Smith has uh, you know, lost several games last year to no fault of his own and then did have a great performance against Boise State in the Cactus Bowl, but you cannot compare that to a Fiesta Bowl uh, that Anu Solomon has played in. And I know he has a reputation at least four years ago for struggling in big games, but I think with a new offense, new coaching staff, I think you start with the experience, especially if the competition is that tight. I think you go with the guy who started the most college football games, a guy who's won at a high level, and a guy who's uh, more mobile than Zach Smith. And I know that's not super important in this new offense, but I think it, uh, everything Anu Solomon brings to the table makes him a better option than Zach Smith. Now, I would also not be surprised if Anu Solomon trots out there with the first team and Zach Smith gets snaps during that game very early, not against the scrubs, but very early on, they might try to do both those guys in the first two games to see who the guy is. But I think Anu Solomon has to be your guy. And that's my take. And I want to know what you think. I want to know why Anu Solomon shouldn't start. Uh, but I think to me, it's a no brainer. I think I would go with Anu Solomon. Now let me jump into one more segment that I'm really excited about, and that is impact players for this season. There are five guys on this squad that I see having big seasons in 2017, and a couple of them are obvious, but there's a few names on here that you may not expect. That being said, here are the five Baylor players that I expect big things from this coming season. Number five. Number five is Eric O'Gore. Believe it or not, I had created this list before O'Gore was praised by Baylor coaches in the media a few weeks ago. O'Gore is fast. He's a dynamic athlete at the linebacker position, and I can see him being one of the breakout players on defense this year, especially after the loss of Trayvon Blanchard from last year's team. Uh, you all know Blanchard was a huge part of that defensive 
success last year when we had it, and I think losing him opens the door for Ogor. Ogor has all the tools. It's just about picking up the defense and stepping up to the plate, and I think it looks like he's going to do it this season. Number four. Number four is Grayland Arnold. I loved seeing Grayland Arnold on the field last season. The highly regarded recruit out of high school is a freak athlete, and he has all the potential to be a breakout star defensive back for the Bears. I think playing under highly liked and highly praised coach Fran Brown is going to be what pushes Grayland to excel to an all-conference level. And here we go. I'm calling it here. Grayland Arnold will have at least five interceptions this season, and he will finish as a second-team All-Big 12 corner. I really like the potential for the true sophomore. I think he's going to have a great season. Number three. Number three, Terrence Williams. Listen, I know Terrence Williams, or T-Will 2.0, is out for the first three games of the season with an injury, but this guy is my favorite Baylor running back since Terrence Ganaway and maybe ever. I think he is the most NFL-ready running back Baylor has had since Walter Abergrumby. He is bigger and stronger than a Lake Seastrunk or Shock Linwood, and he runs with more speed and athletic ability than Ganaway or Glasgow Martin ever did. And when Williams comes off this injury, I expect 100 yards a game and several touchdowns. The dude is simply a powerhouse on the field. He runs angry, he plays hard every snap, and he's going to do some incredible things once he's back to full strength. I love Terrence Williams this season. Number two. Number two, I've got Blake Lynch. Listen, I have been a huge Blake Lynch fan since I saw the highlight tape of his junior year in high school. I believe Blake is an incredibly dynamic receiver, and I'm talking Kendall Wright, Corey Coleman level athleticism. I think you're going to see him do some huge things with the ball in his hands this season. I'm, I'm talking big yards after the catch numbers, lots of long touchdowns. I think Blake is poised for a breakout year, and I expect him to lead the Bears in receiving this year. Count on it, Blake Lynch, huge 2017. Number one. Number one, it's obvious. I've got Taylor Young. This is one that should be obvious to all of us, right? Taylor was the first player awarded with a single-digit number on the team, and Matt Rule has said that that means that he is tough, he is gritty, and he's going to do his job on every single play. Make no bones about it. Taylor Young will finish this season as an All-American candidate at linebacker. I see him leading the team in tackles, I see him leading the team in the huddle, and I see him being the best player on the squad this year by a long shot. And after all of the memorable seasons from Baylor linebackers in the past and over the years, I think Taylor might be poised for the biggest one yet. Taylor Young, ladies and gentlemen, is going to crush it. We're about to jump into this week's interview segment. And afterwards, I'll let you know how you can be a part of the next episode of the Please Bear With Me podcast. John Morris is an icon in the Waco community and amongst Baylor fans. I grew up listening to John on the radio for every single away football game. He is, to me, the standard when it comes to play-by-play broadcasters. He really is. Right now, I'm a student at Baylor's Truett Seminary, and I'm pursuing a career in church ministry, But before I committed to doing that, I was an aspiring sports broadcaster. That's what I wanted to do. I told my friends for years that I was going to be the next Colin Cowherd or John Morris. John talked in this interview about some of the big influences in his life as he worked towards being a sports broadcaster. And I would say that John 
for much of my life was my biggest influence, and especially as I dreamed of being a broadcaster. I will never forget when I was 10 or 11 years old, John let me and my dad sit in the broadcast booth during a game, and I got to watch him work. I was in awe. John is a consummate professional. He's an incredible ambassador for Baylor, and he's just an awesome guy, and I'm stoked you get to hear from him today. We discussed his career, his expectations for the upcoming season, his best and worst call, and whether he would start RG3 or Bryce Petty in a college football game. So without further ado, here's my conversation with the voice of the Baylor Bears, John Morris. Hey, to start, I would just love for you to give me the two-minute version of your story. Yeah. So you graduated from Baylor right. in 1980. Right, December of 80. Okay. And then, as far as I know, you're working for Channel 6, you're kind of hanging out with Frank Fallon, and then, boom, you're you're the voice of the Baylor Bears. How did, <laughs> how did all that set up, and how did all that happen? Well, in a nutshell, that's, that's kind yeah. of what it was, yeah. But uh, to go back even further, I grew up in Kentucky. Okay. And came to school at Baylor. My parents uh, had gone to Baylor, and I'd heard about it, came down, visited, loved it, came to Baylor, and never left Waco. So it's been great. I uh, graduated in December of 80, and I was already working. At, it was actually Channel 10, KWTX. Oh, okay, my I, bad. I was working there, and, um, and then in 1987, Frank Fallon tapped me on the shoulder and said, I'd like for you to work um, football with me next year. And I said, well, once I picked myself up off the floor, I said, absolutely, I'd love <laughs> Wait, to. Wait, so did that just come out of the blue? Completely out of the blue. <laughs> now, we, we had worked, uh, I mean, we'd cross paths a lot, sure. just covering, you know, Baylor football and Baylor athletics. And I was working at Channel 10 doing sports at the time. But this was Frank and I standing in the old Heart of Texas Coliseum, watching basketball practice and completely out of the blue. I'd like for you to work football with me next wow. year. <laughs> so it was pretty cool. And uh, so I worked with him for eight years, which was a great learning experience. I just love Frank and respect him so much. And to me, he'll always be the voice of the Baylor Bears. I'm just sort of filling in <laughs> for a time period. But that was great. And then I came to work at Baylor full-time in 1995 when Frank retired. And I've uh, been here ever since and love it more every day. Excellent. Well, for someone like me who was born in 92, you are the voice of the Baylor Bears. <laughs> nice. So. Thanks. Yes, sir. Um, so what's the most exciting part every morning about waking up and doing what you do? Uh, you know, I, I love this job because it's different every day. You know, I don't, I don't come sit in an office and do the same thing every day. Uh, and my office changes from day to day. Sometimes right. it's the football practice field. Sometimes it's McLean Stadium. Sometimes it's Jack Trice Stadium in Ames, Iowa, you know, or uh, Allen Fieldhouse in Lawrence, Kansas, something like that. So I really like the, the, uh, the different aspects of this job, and uh, it really keeps me going. I mean, I'm excited every day to get up and come to work. That's great. Uh, you brought up both Allen Fieldhouse and some of the football stadiums. Yeah. Basketball or football? What's more? What's more fun to call? You know, I get that. I get asked that a lot, <laughs> and my answer is always the same. It just seems like whatever is in season, I really like the best. Um, you know, we're we're gearing up toward the start of football season as we record this, and I, I just can't wait for the start of football because it's great. McLean Stadium is great. You build up to one game every week, and uh, and Baylor's had really good success. You know, the the last few years, seven straight bowl games, and so football is just great. But then when we get to basketball season, I think, you know, and I grew up in Kentucky, so I really have a fondness for right. basketball. But when we get to basketball season, and especially working with the men and Coach Drew, uh, there's nothing better than that. <laughs> so, And basketball's different because you're right there on the floor broadcasting, and you're closer, and you 
you know, you, you're really much closer to the action than you are in football. Um, and, and then beyond that, I get to do some TV games, you know, baseball and softball and other sports. And when I get there, I love that because <laughs> I played baseball growing up and baseball is so different to broadcast because it's, you know, it's just laid back and tell stories and just a different broadcast. So I really, to answer your question and not answer it is I like them all. <laughs> I don't have a favorite. I really enjoy moving from sport to sport. That's great. And you actually brought up something I was going to ask, so I'll ask it now. I was going to ask, is there a John Morris athletic career? You <laughs> mentioned baseball. Was there, was there high school football? Was there? Funny, funny you should ask that. Not really. Uh, baseball in high school was pretty much it. I was a very average first baseman, <laughs> <laughs> so very average player, and, and that was about it. And when I came to Baylor, that's one of the things I missed the most, though. Mm. I mean, I wasn't involved in that anymore. But there were other things, you know, to keep me busy. Right. But that's that's a short answer about my athletic career. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get the long answer another time. I'm curious now. Um, okay, so you mentioned Frank Fallon. If you had to pick two or three other broadcasters that you've looked up to, um, whether that was leading up to your career, or even since yeah. you've been um, doing this for Baylor, who are some guys you really look up to as like the standard in your profession? Well, there's a lot. I mean, there's so many guys that I respect and and I like to listen to and, and learn from. Uh, I'll go back to my days in, in Danville, Kentucky. There was a guy at the local radio station there named Steve Bertram. And so here I am, this punk high school guy, and I, I just had an interest in sports, and I thought I had an interest in broadcasting. And Steve went to our church. Steve sort of ran the local radio station, WHIR, and, and he was nice enough to let me hang around with him and made me feel like I was doing something, helping, you know what I mean? But I, looking back on it, he was just kind of letting me hang around. Right. But it was huge. I mean, he was really a big factor in uh, fanning that flame of interest in broadcasting. Mm. So the fun thing is, Steve and I have, have stayed connected through the years. He's still there at that radio station. He's a Hall of Fame broadcaster in the state of Kentucky. And I can tune with the TuneIn radio app, I can listen to his sports reports every morning and listen to his broadcast you know, of high school football. So, so that's been fun to stay connected with him and, and me let him know how big of an influence he was uh, on me. Right. Um, so Steve is one. And then obviously Frank Fallon, you know, I, working with him for those eight years was the best learning experience anybody could ever have. Mm. He's such a gentleman, such a professional, such a, a great, great broadcaster, but an even better person. Mm. And to learn the things, the, the things I learned from Frank, hopefully uh, I, I play out every day, you know, in the way I do the job now. So Frank just had immeasurable uh, impact on my life and my career. Um, some others that I don't know as well, but but I respect and I uh, talk to and pick their brain when I can. Brad Sham of the Cowboys, you know, I think he's really really good yeah, at what he does. Absolutely, yeah. he's so conversational and he's so you know cordial every time we cross paths. It's good to visit with him. Uh, and growing up in Kentucky, I was a big Cincinnati Reds fan, and Marty Brenneman is the Hall of Fame broadcaster for the Reds. So I always enjoy listening to him. Over the summer, I've got a lot of time to listen to baseball games, so I enjoy listening to him. And we've crossed paths a couple mm -hmm. of times, too. So that's fun. So those would be just a few. There's there's a lot of others. You know, the, the guys that do what I do around the Big 12, I have great respect for all of them and how hard they work and how well they represent their schools uh, hopefully I can do close to that also, but just so many people, you know, that I respect in this business. I love it. Thank you. Um, so I, 
you've been doing this 30 years for Baylor football. Yeah, this will be 31 with, coming up this crazy. year. Yeah. So 31 years. You didn't think I was that years. old, did you? I didn't. No. <laughs> well, it's reminding me how old I am, too. Yeah, so okay. <laughs> um, so all that time, you've watched more Baylor football than I think anybody else can claim to. <laughs> Maybe. I, I think that's a fair statement. If you had to pick one play, uh, and I know that's hard. Yeah. I know there's several. Yeah. If you had to pick one that it just stands out as your very favorite memory, what oh is it? Oh, my gosh. One play? This is, yeah, this is the kind of thing people want to know. That they <laughs> okay. want to know if there's one play. <laughs> I don't know. You know, two come to mind. Okay. Will you give me two? You can give me two. Okay, good. Thanks. Two come to mind. There have been so many. So, so I've worked, uh, going into this season, 342 consecutive Baylor games. Congratulations. Yeah, thank you. But, that's awesome. But think about all those games and all those plays right. in there. And there have been a bunch. So I don't mean to downplay or diminish any other plays. But two immediately come to mind. Okay. Uh, the uh, the two-point conversion when we beat Texas A&M in overtime one of in my 2004. <laughs> yeah, one I know of my you favorites. know that one. That was big because great rivalry, Baylor and A&M through the years. And Baylor had not beaten A&M in 19 years at that point. And right. the game goes to overtime. And Sean Bell to Dominique Ziegler, you know, is the touchdown. And then Coach Guy Morris immediately goes for two and the two-point conversion. Right. And we win the game in right. overtime. Thrilling game. Terrible broadcast. Ter- <laughs> terrible call because <laughs> – do you, I don't know. It's iconic in my head. Well, so I, JJ, know. Joe, and I are just kind of screaming. screaming. I exactly. love that. I, I love the passion in that <laughs> But it's moment, a terrible though. call <laughs> just for the call's sake. But Baylor fans knew what right. had happened just because of how elated we and were. And remind me, if, if you already said and I just uh-huh. missed it, they were ranked Oh, yeah, they were ranked 15? 16, I think. 16. I think that's right. Yeah, yeah. and we yeah. were three win, four win at that Not point. Not ranked, for sure. Right. Yeah, and nobody gave us much of a chance. Right. So, big, big win. Mm-hmm. So, that one, if you're asking for singular plays, that's one. And then the other one that really uh, comes to mind is 2011, Baylor versus Oklahoma at uh, Floyd Casey Stadium. Robert Griffin is sort of steaming his way or mm-hmm. toward the Heisman, or at least he's in the conversation at that point. And, uh, and Baylor with a last-minute drive, the touchdown from Robert to – uh, Terrence Williams for the touchdown that beats Oklahoma. Baylor had never beaten Oklahoma before that right, game. Right. First time ever and beat them on that drive in the last seconds, I think with eight, eight. seconds to go. Yes, right. eight seconds. Yeah, and so that was such a, a huge play and a huge win over Oklahoma, mm-hmm. and it really propelled he- uh, uh, Robert to win the Heisman Trophy. Right. So those, that's, if you'll give me two, those are the two that come to you, mind. You picked the two that I think would stand out from really? my lifetime yeah. as well. So, in fact, part of why I'm starting this podcast is I, I'm, I've mentioned that I love the banter uh-huh. that comes with sports. Uh-huh. And so me and my college buddies have actually talked about that was our freshman year. Cool. Uh, 2011? Yes, sir. Uh-huh. And so we've talked about when the ball was in the air, because, I mean, he's rolling left. Yes. And we're right there in that student section at Floyd wow. Casey. Yeah. He's rolling left. And when he put that ball up, it felt like an eternity. I bet. I bet. We're, I mean, we've all talked about how that was one of those moments that time just stopped. Yeah. Because as soon as he put that ball up, we're all hold, just holding our breath. That's a good one. I can see it. Yes, that's a great one. Okay, so you, we laughed about the Sean Bell uh, to Ziegler call being a, being <laughs> yeah. a crummy call. You're right. <laughs> uh, if, if you had to pick your favorite call where you look back and you're like, man, I, I crushed that. Yeah. What, what's your favorite call that you've made? Oh, gosh, I don't know. You're still talking football, right? Or, or basketball or anything. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I mean, nothing, nothing comes to mind. Hopefully, you know, in doing this many games and doing it for this many years, hopefully the calls 
do translate over the airwaves of how big the situation is, mm-hmm. how big. Uh, okay, here's here's one. I'm not saying the call was that great, but the <laughs> game-winning field goal when we beat TCU, right. 61-58, mm-hmm. 2013 at McLean Stadium. I mean, that one just set up so well for, okay, here it is, for all the marbles, huge comeback. Baylor down 21 points. This kick could win it. And so that – I mean, I guess that call was good and translated well, right. but that was big, big play also. Right. So maybe that's maybe that's okay. one. Yeah. Great. No, that's a good one. Yeah. Um, changing gears. What's what's the most difficult part of your job? Maybe something nobody thinks about. Right. Uh, you know, there's there's uh, the preparation that goes into it all week, but I really like that. I mean, I I don't think it's difficult. It's just part of the job. You're getting ready. You want to be as prepared as you can to um, for whatever happens. And then as the game unfolds, sometimes you've got all this stuff that you've studied and you're ready to use. And sometimes you have to use it if the game is bad and use it as filler. Sometimes you never get to some of the stuff because the game is so good that it carries itself. So that's um, and that's part of it. It's not a bad part at all. Uh, the only bad part is the the time away from my family. My wife is and kids have been very understanding through the years. Uh, my wife every once in a while will say, "We well, sure would be nice to sit with you at a game." You know, we never get to sit together sure. at games, so that's that's a bad part if there is. And then there's time away from the family with uh, you know all the road games. Um, and, but you, I don't know how you change that, you know, except don't go on the road trips, but we have to do that. But that's the only bad thing. Otherwise there's nothing in my mind really that's bad about this job at that's all. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, so I actually wrote down, uh, I have to know what it was like calling football games in the night, late nineties, <laughs> early two thousands. Cause I have right. to wonder to myself. And again, this is something I think, uh, listeners will want to know. Did you ever dread walking into a game against like a Texas and knowing they were going to lose by 50? Like, how did you get yourself excited to go broadcast a game like right. that when we were just, you know, at the bottom? Right. You know, I had very few uh, feelings like that uh, because I would be around the team all week at practice. I would be around the coaches and they are naturally going to be upbeat and positive, even through those years. You know, they're, they're, they were very upbeat. So I would feed off of that, and that's the way I wanted our broadcast to sound. You know, one to hopefully convey the positiveness of the approach and their mindset going into those games. So I really never, uh, I, I guess if I would step back and think about it, I would have thought, we don't have a chance to win this game, <laughs> you know? But but then in sports, there's always a chance. And right. so I just chose to take the positive route and be positive and just call it how, whatever happened that day and try to stay positive. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I'll admit to you this. There was one time when I, I, I think I slipped on the air and said something that I shouldn't say because normally I try to be positive right. and upbeat all the time. But we were playing North Texas one time and uh, should have been, you know, should have had the game in hand. We were losing to North Texas, playing at their place. And I remember giving the score as the mean green, whatever, 21, and the lean green, uh, 14. (laughs) And as soon as I said it, you know, (laughs) I thought I did. And and to this day, I feel terrible about that. I love it. It was terrible. I mean, we were bad, yes, but I don't need to pile on those guys by doing that. Right. So hopefully 
Now, see, I've gotten that off my chest, so right, I've yeah. kind of com- confessed to you guys. You've been so. forgiven by me already. Thank you. I appreciate I, I think it. It's, I think it's quite comical. Well, in, in, and hopefully that's the one and only time anything like that ever happens. Yeah, right. No, that's fantastic. <laughs> that's wonderful. That's a good story. Oh, no, it's terrible. It's terrible. Well, it's a, it's a gold story. I love that. Um, if, if, if you get to uh, retirement at some point and I happen, happen to be there for whatever there you reason, go. I'm telling that that's story. It. That's, that's too it. good. Um, okay, so another difficult question. Three or four of the most exciting standout players that come to your mind, Baylor, oh, wow. Baylor or otherwise. Yeah. So like I think I remember vividly, I was still pretty young. Mm-hmm. Uh, 2004, I think I was probably, I would have been 11 or 12. I remember watching Adrian Peterson, yeah. you know, come in with Oklahoma and play at Floyd Casey and just being blown away yeah. by, by that talent. So who are, who are three or four guys just real quick that stand out football? We're talking, right? Yes, sir. Okay. You know, they would, I would skew toward Baylor guys. I mean, there've been lots of great players that Absolutely. Baylor has played yeah. against for sure, but I would just skew toward, Toward the Baylor guys that I've been around, and uh, and to be honest, the ones that come to mind first, I've stayed in touch with through the okay. years, and and so that's been fun. Uh, guys like Cody Carlson, you mm-hmm. know, who was a quarterback in the '90s. Uh, I'm sorry, the '80s, right? Uh, the mid '80s, and uh, Cody was just great. Came from San Antonio and split time with Tom Mickey. Tom was another one. Tom passed away a couple of years ago, but just those two guys. I don't know what it was. I, I think it was early in my time at KWTX. And starting my time with uh, doing radio, right about, or it was actually right after Cody when I started doing radio. But for some reason, those guys, you know, they've always, uh, we've always stayed in touch. Cody lives in Waco now. So those two, Cody Carlson and Tom Mickey are two. Uh, certainly Robert Griffin, when he was here, you know, was great. Just just the success of the team and uh, and his uh, charisma and winning the Heisman Trophy, that going to the Heisman Trophy and being there for that is the best Baylor event I've ever oh, wow. been to, ever covered. That's, that's I mean, incredible. it's number one, yeah. yeah. So that was cool because we were there with Robert and, you know, he was almost a shoe-in to win. And we were sort of like part of his entourage because right. we were there with Baylor. Right. So it was really fun. So Robert would be one also. Jason Smith, Jay Smooth was an offensive mm. lineman. Yeah. And uh, we got to the point we were recording a, a weekly radio show together just because he was fun to talk to. Really? And yeah, yeah. Great personality um, and things like that. So those are a few, I guess, that come to mind. But there's so many through the years. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had a luncheon this week with Mark Addicts, who was an offensive lineman in the 80s, and several of his teammates were there at the luncheon. And all those guys, I mean, I would include them on mm-hmm. this list also. So right. all of them. So there have been a bunch through the years. And, and one benefit, one plus of being here, being any place a long time, is I'm sort of a contact point for a lot of these people. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mike Sims was that also as our right. trainer, but right. he just left Baylor to go work at Southwest Sports Medicine. Well, I, he he might have left Baylor, but I did see him cruising around on a golf cart the last two days. Oh, during, he's here during moving. Oh yeah, yeah, he's still <laughs> Making around. Sure everybody was hydrated. <laughs> that is good. Yeah. And Mike was that person, and okay. Walter Abercrombie is here as head of our B Association. He's that person also. But you know, to a lot of these guys, you know, they think, "Who do I still know at Baylor?" Uh, and I'm one of them. So that's pretty cool. You that's know, awesome. it's fun through all those years to still have that connection with these guys. Right. That's great. Um, okay, so we're going to, real quick, the coming football season, mm-hmm. I want to know from your perspective, how impressed have you been 
with Coach Rule and his staff, and not only the way they've been coaching the football team, because I think everybody's pretty excited about what they're doing there, but also just the way they've handled all the external pressure and the off-the-field issues. How, how impressed have you been with him in particular and the guys he's brought in? Very impressed. I mean, I think it's a great staff. I, I think the hire was just, uh, you know, it was a perfect hire. Mac Rhodes, our new athletic director, had tried to hire Coach Rule at, uh, I think, the University of Houston when he okay. was there. I didn't know that. Yeah, and it didn't happen, and so he knew about him. I mean, he was on his radar. So when Mac is doing this search, and a lot of th people think because of Mac's uh, past relationship with Tom Herman, everybody thought, you know, he's going right. to try to get Tom Herman to come to uh, Baylor. Uh, and maybe he was, maybe he wasn't a candidate, but I think I, I think he had Matt Rule in the back of his mind all along. Mm -hmm. And for people who were trying to read the tea leaves and think, all right, who you know, who's this going to be? What are the connections? Right. You know, well, I heard a lot of Chad Morris. Yeah, exactly. Um, right, which is very natural. You right, know, things sure. like that. And and he and others may have been legitimate candidates. Uh, but with Coach Rule, it came out of the blue for a lot of people. But then when you uh, when you see his uh, success at Temple, you know, back-to-back 10-win -back seasons at Temple, and then when you're around him and you hear him speak and you see how, how he works and you see how motivated he is, mm -hmm. man, he is great. I wish everybody – I'm fortunate enough to go out to practice every day and watch. And I wish everybody could see how – Hardy works, how well he works, and the, the entire staff, how good uh, of teachers they are. I mean, they're coaches, coaches, but they're teachers also. That seems to be a consistent theme that keeps coming up yeah. amongst different people. I, that's what that's the overriding thing that strikes me is how good of teachers they are, uh, and I think they're they're uh, they're great coaches, um, and they work well with the players. They work them really hard. And uh, but then they'll come back around and put their arm around them, you know, and if they cut them down, they'll lift them right back up. So I think it's a great staff. I'm really encouraged. And I think people will see uh, this season. I don't think it'll take long. I think people will see uh, how good a coaching staff this really is. I think I agree with you. Uh, I I was I was surprised by the hire. I hardly knew who Matt Rule was. Right. I went to the Farrell Center for that first introductory right. press conference he did really quick. And I went in as a skeptic, right? You know, sure. I'm, I'm show me something, and he just blew me away. He's great. And I've been on his yeah. team ever since. Yeah. He's, he's awesome. So as honest as you can be, I know you you're employed by the university, <laughs> but let's 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 be honest real quick. I know what's an, coming. An over under. Yeah, I thought you were Let, give say me a that. reasonable over under. Right. <laughs> For, for wins this year, what 12, are you thinking? Twelve, right. Twelve's the number, that's, right? That's reasonable? Yeah, twelve's the number. <laughs> what do you want me to say? Here's the thing. If I could say, I, I think uh, I think seven or eight is a good number. Sure. But if I say that, I'm, I might be selling these guys short. Right. And I don't want to do that. Okay. So, 12 is the number for me. I'll take it. <laughs> if we get to there, I'd be thrilled. Yeah, I would I'm too. not arguing with that. Right. That's right. great. But um, you, you know what I'm saying. Yes, sir. I don't want to sell them short. Right. I, I don't want them to come back to me at the end of the year and say, you said we could only win eight games. <laughs> hey, okay. <laughs> I said, so, no, no. I said 12. So let, it, let it be known on the Please Bear With Me podcast, John Morris <laughs> is saying 12, and he is not selling anybody short. There you We've go. We've clarified that. There you go. Um, it's a fair question, though. Yes, sir. I, I understand. Yes, sir. Well, and, and I agree with you. It really could be that they come out and blow everybody's expectations away, or it could right. be, you know, first-year head coach, you never know. So right. that's interesting. Okay, so someone nobody expects to have a big year this season mm. who you think is going to step up and have a big year. Ooh, good question. A couple come to mind. Uh, Denzel Mims has looked really good in practice, okay. a receiver, and he hadn't 
received much playing time the last few years just because there were a lot of older guys ahead of him. But Denzel's been really good, making every catch out there. So I think he's going to be one of the feature receivers for us. Uh, there's a uh, freshman that looks like he's going to start at center. His name is Ryan Miller. Uh, true freshman starting at center in the Big 12. Wow. Come on. How often does that happen? That's so, incredible. I know. And he's looked really good. And then Sam Tecklenburg's a converted tight end. He will probably start at left guard right. for Baylor. So, uh, and two, he looks good? Really good. Okay. Yeah. Coach says that he's uh, he could be a pro, talking right. about Tecklenburg. Right. So uh, those guys have stepped up for sure. There's a, a freshman uh, running back slash fullback. They don't refer to him as a fullback, I don't think. But his name is Drew Dixon, and he's here from uh, Air Force Prep Academy, was slated to go to the Air Force. He's from Arizona, but then uh, came and visited Baylor with a, with a uh, teammate who signed with Baylor also and really liked it. But he's just like, when he gets the chance to carry the ball, he's running over everybody wow. out there as a freshman. Okay. So I think in short yardage situations, uh, and Terrence Williams may be I out. I was going to ask, who do you right. think can knock more people over on a play? Because Terrence Williams is... Terrence can do it, for yeah. sure. But he may be out the first two or three right. games of the year. Mm -hmm. And so I think Drew Dixon's going to get some carries there, okay. which will be fun to watch. So sure. remember that name, number 44, Drew, Drew Dixon. Dixon. Yeah, Got it. So those are the, a few. You know, a new Solomon, uh, the transfer at quarterback, is looking really, really good also. You're about to get into my next question. All right, go ahead with your next who, question. Who starts? Oh, who knows? Game one. <laughs> if, you just had to, if you just had to guess, and they're both great, and we're right. not – this isn't like picking wins where we're cutting somebody short. We know we have a good problem, right? right. There's, there's three guys, because I think Charlie Brewer's right. talented as heck. There's three guys that could that could feasibly win games and start a quarterback. Who who do you see? I know uh, it's kind of come down to Solomon and Zach Smith. Mm -hmm. Who do you, who do you see taking it? Game I like one? them both. Like you said, right. I mean, I think they're both very capable to be the starter, and I think they're both going to play. Yeah. So it really doesn't matter who the starter is, but uh, it, it looks like with his experience, a new may maybe a step ahead right now. I would uh, love that. Yeah, I've which been is on, good. I've been on that train since he came, yeah. I think. But Zach, I think, is right there. Right. Uh, I, Zach showed what he can do when he has a lot of reps leading up to the bowl game last right. year and played so well oh, in the bowl game. It. Yeah. So he's right there, and either one, we're in good shape with I either agree one with of those you. guys. Right. Yeah. Um, so you might have already said it, but if there was one thing, one theme you had to give Baylor fans going into the 2017 season, one big, here's what I want you to take away preseason, mm -hmm. what would it be? About this team? Yes, sir. Um, I, I think uh, discipline and toughness on this team. You know, Coach Rule continues to preach toughness. And, man, if you'd see their practices, he's he's making them tough out That's there. Good. I mean, they yeah. really are. Uh, so he thinks in the latter stages of a tough game, that's where that toughness can play itself out and maybe get you a win, where mm -hmm. otherwise you might not have a victory. Hmm. So that toughness is, is definitely going to be a part of this Baylor team. Uh, and then the other is discipline. You know, we're going to see a lot fewer penalties. That's we're good. We're going to see a lot fewer turnovers. I mean, they have this ball security drill where they're just pounding on these guys, running through a line. One guy has a boxing glove, and he just pounds right at the ball trying to knock it out, and uh, they have to hold on to the ball. So I think um, uh, those two areas – will be hallmarks of this team, of Matt Rule coach teams, and I think it will help us uh, in some close games. That may be the difference. And I think that's refreshing to hear after the biggest criticism I can think of of the former coaching staff, football speaking, would be 
uh, closing games. Mm-hmm. You know, we mm-hmm. had some trouble with that. I, Cotton Bowl, I still have nightmares. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and, you know, penalties. So that's right. that's really refreshing to hear. Okay, I've, I'm almost done. I've got some rapid fire okay. this or that questions <laughs> for you, right. and then we'll wrap up. Okay. This or that? Um, a lot of them. Uh, <laughs> this one, this first one's uh, to me, is a given, but we'll see what you say. Favorite local place to eat in Waco? Oh, favorite local place. I don't know. I've, I, I've got a bunch. I guess if I had to pick one, I'd say George's maybe. Okay. What were, what were you thinking? Double R. Double R's good. I love that. There's Double a bunch R of them. Yeah. Okay. Favorite television show. Favorite television show. I like the. Uh, my wife and I like the Chicago shows that are on NBC. Yeah. You know, those are Baylor guys. Derek. Derek has. Yeah, right? yeah. Exactly. And Michael Brandt. So right. we sort of got hooked on all those. We miss them in the summer <laughs> when right. they're not on. Right. So I'd say those right now. My favorite all-time show is Mash. Okay. I kind of grew up on Classic. Mash and still watch it Classic. when it pops on. So, RG3 or Bryce Petty? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> uh, again, I like them both. <laughs> but, uh, uh, and, and Bryce led us to a Big 12 championship. Two. Two, yep. So that's a great success. And Rob, a Heisman Trophy that still sits in the lobby here. Right. So I like them both. Uh, and they were both great in their own ways. You're not gonna make me pick one, are you? I kind of do. I okay. kind of want to. This All is right. a sport. This is a banter show. I hear you. Banter. If, if you're starting your team right now, which which one of those guys are you taking to lead your team on the field? College team. College team. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I'd take Robert in his prime. Okay. But I'd Can't take either one of them. Sure. Yeah. Uh, who catches more touchdowns this season, Rico Gathers or Ish Wainwright? <laughs> That's a good question. I like that. I hope Rico uh, contributes to the Cowboys. I know Ish will contribute to Baylor. Yeah? Yeah, they uh, they like that fade route. Just throw it up, let him out jump some people and make the catch. So I'll take Ish there. Okay. Just because I don't know Rico for the whole season. Right. You know, how right. much he'll, how many opportunities well, he'll get. Well, he's got a guy named Jason Witten in front <laughs> of him. He's pretty good. He's pretty good. Yeah. 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 Okay, who's the GOAT, Jordan or LeBron? Uh, I'm old school, so I'd say Jordan. Is that why you named your son MJ? No. Well, <laughs> a lot of people think that, but not really. <laughs> okay, Mike Golick or Mike Greenberg? Um, you know, I would say Greenberg. Okay. Because he is, uh, I don't think he gets enough credit for, he, he sure. keeps that going. And to do a four-hour show every morning, that's not easy to do. True. He, he does a great job. And they're a good pair. Yeah, for yeah. sure. DFW or Houston? <laughs> Closer to DFW, so I'd say DFW. Good call. And the traffic's not near as bad. Agreed, yes. <laughs> uh, favorite vacation destination? Ooh, favorite, favorite. Destin's pretty good. Okay. That's the first one that comes to mind. Sure. So I'd say Destin, Florida. Great. Dr. Pepper or Coke? Oh, Dr. Pepper. Good no call. question there, yeah. Yes, sick and bears, right? Yeah. Favorite cafeteria on campus? <laughs> some, some of the freshmen that just moved in yesterday. Very good. Uh, I, I lived in Penland when I was in school. Penland's undergone a transformation. But when I have the opportunity, I like to go to Memorial. I, okay. I think it's pretty good options over there. So I agree with I'd you. say Memorial. Very good. And your favorite sing act of all time? <laughs> Um, let's see. MJ was in an act last year, which was pretty good. Maddie, my middle daughter, was in a Kyo act a couple of years ago. Um, and I can't remember any others. Okay, <laughs> so fair enough. It'd be those two. <laughs> right. That's that's for the, the big Baylor people out there. Yeah. Well, hey, that's all I've got for you. Thank you so much for coming on. This has been great. I, think, I appreciate it. I think Thank Baylor you. fans are going to love hearing from you. Well, good. Good luck with the podcast. Hope it goes well. Thank you so much, John. Again, I just want to publicly express my thanks to John Morris for hanging out with me and coming on the first podcast. He was great. He was awesome. We had a great time. 
Please be sure to catch John on all of the Baylor football broadcasts through the Baylor IMG Sports Network. He does a great job. And make sure to catch his daily show on 1660 ESPN Central Texas. That goes from 2 to 3 on weekdays. If you want to be involved in the show, here's how we're going to do that. Email me at scottswingler at gmail.com. That's S-C-O-T-T-S-W-I-N-G-L-E-R, one word, at gmail.com, and put PODCAST in all caps in the subject line. I get a lot of spam mail there. I, I need to know what you're emailing me for, so PODCAST in all caps will do it. If you want to argue with my predictions, comment on my interview with John Morris, or bring up a topic for discussion, I'll throw it into the show. So please, jump into the banner. That's what this is all about. I want to hear from you, and I want to argue with you. So jump into the banner for the Please Bear With Me podcast. I want to thank my friend Jeremy Wilson for helping me produce this episode. He's been great. And again, thank you, Sean Scoobel and Travis Thompson, for your help as well. I'm Scotty Swingler, and I'll talk to you next time on the Please Bear With Me podcast. Sick'em Bears.